now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now here again is Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley. Here I am on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Travis Brown from the Eagle joining us now. Travis, you were watching those Rangers earlier today. They dropped one. Don't take it too hard. I mean, the team falls to, what, 49-31? Been an incredible season. It Just right now, it's a little shaky at the back end of that bullpen. They got some players hurt. Boars wasn't available, I guess. I'm not sure what's up with Will Smith these days. And they throw somebody in there named King, and that guy has a tendency to get lit up. And today was no exception. And uh, get, hits home, you know, gets up a home run, gives up about three runs, three or four runs. Uh, how are you today? And, and, and are you enjoying uh, these Texas Rangers this year? I, uh, I'm doing good. And, well, I mean, there tends to be a correlation between me flipping it over to Valley Sports Southwest and Rangers dropping games. So that might be uh, uh, something to consider there. But I think I'm going up to my first, uh, first game of the year this weekend, a little, little 4th of July extravaganza. Oh, man. How about that? Okay. Uh, Astros, Rangers, 4th of July, maybe mix in some fireworks. Now, that will be a fun time as uh, as Travis Brown and family head out there to the ballpark. Now, Travis, will you put on like a, a jersey, maybe an old Adrian Beltre jersey, a Kinsler-type jersey, or will you go with more of a subdued, maybe a Travis uh, uh, Millar or uh, or some just kind of a button down or a nice golf shirt. What would you go with? You you uh you're you're gonna I I think you might roll your eyes at me here, but I am I am all decked out with my my City Connect hat and my Peagle shirt. So that's probably what I'll be wearing out there because I am all about the City Connect uniform. Boy, I remember having you on when the Peagles uniform came out. The old Rangers. It involves the Dallas Eagles. I can't remember what the, oh the Panthers from Fort Worth, and of uh-huh. course that you you spent time in Fort Worth, so you jumped in on that little fashion statement. I'm still confused by the design and everything about it, but I think you've embraced it. So yeah, yeah, I've embraced it. What I haven't embraced though is it's good when the Rangers. If you're a Rangers fan, the Rangers are winning. You want to see that. What's not good is you know there are so many years living in Dallas where you could think I want to roll over to the the old temple and throw a a, a, a $10 bill at the the gate and get in and you find no no you're you're going to drop a pretty penny to get into that new uh new ballpark and and see some winning baseball. Yeah, I uh I think that's right, but boy you with your connections and a man of your influence, you do not pay the full freight. You never do. So there'll be people providing you with passes and that kind of thing. I know how you uh, operate. Uh, how are things in Aggieland? How's that twelfth? How's that twelfth man foundation doing? I mean, I, I the Aggies were out there in a big way early on, uh, and I love that you had that story recently about the Aggies like lobbying. They lobbied for this new house bill. They they helped write it. I mean, that thing, they might as well call it the Aggie Bill or something. And it's kind of, it's almost humorous to me how how huge of a role they played in some of this. And now you've been checking out the IRS code. Now, we, we can wait on that one 
But, I mean, just in terms of the Aggies, they were ahead of the curve here. And, boy, some other team, some other schools have been like, well, we got to wait for the NCAA. The Aggies did not wait, and I, I still think the Aggies feel like they're in the right and there's really nothing the NCAA can do to them. Is that accurate? Yeah, and, and we, we have an official standoff now because, as, you know, right prior to this new uh, NIL bill, which, you know, the, the, the probably two biggest headlines from it or what has come from it is they tried to codify the uh, 501c3 nonprofits that they can operate, as, or NIL collectives that they can operate as nonprofits and offer tax donations and be tax exempt and all that. And the other part is that they said that the NCAA, the SEC, the Big 12, the Southland Conference, any of these outside third-party governing bodies that aren't in the Texas state legislature, they can't say that any Texas schools, uh, they can't penalize any Texas schools for anything that's in that Texas law. So, you know, if they want to try to come in here and say, well, you're doing something wrong and we want to penalize you, they say, no, 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 you can point to the law because it says you can't do that. Now, the NCAA came out and said, now, hold on a second. You joined the NCAA voluntarily as a member school, and as a part of that uh, process of and and the the the, the vows and the, the the hazing that you went under undertook to get in here said that you are going to abide by all the NCAA rules, even if it contradicts your state laws uh, to, to some of these things. And and Ross Bjork came out and said, no, no, we're going to go with this uh, this state law that we have here. This is what we're going to be governed by, uh, and and. Everyone I talked to, from Bjork to Chancellor John Sharp to people in the NIL industry, with some of these NIL platforms and software, they all said, yeah, Ross Bjork has been very involved with this process. The A&M government relations people have very, very, been, very been, uh, been very involved in this process, as has the University of Texas. And I think it was funny that in one of the, I think the House State uh, Education Committee, one of the, uh, the, the uh, representatives said, you know, can, can we hear from anybody who isn't going to be in the SEC? And that was kind of a, a, a refrain through the whole process. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's we're in a, we're in a standoff here, Matt, and it, I don't know when it's going to resolve or how it's going to resolve. Well, the NCAA doesn't have a lot of teeth these days. I mean, what have they done against the NIL to crack down? It was like the University of Miami women's team, right? And they and they, mm-hmm. they suspended the coach for three games and maybe the players for a few games those twins that came in there and had all the tiktok you love a good tiktok and uh well they had millions of people in fact they had eligibility left travis you and i would never do that you and i would never give up eligibility to go work on tiktok uh but they did i think that you and i would never do a tiktok that 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 we can just start it there and end it there boy I, i can see you somebody convincing you to do a tiktok I could see, like, one of your wife's bridesmaids, one of her best buddies, say, Travis, we're doing a little TikTok. Maybe for a free (laughs) Rangers ticket. (laughs) Stop acting like they're not free. All right, I'm I'm not going to have any more of this. Uh, The NCAA loves a good memo, though. They've been sending these memos out, and the the timing's always funny because it's like this house bill comes out on a Saturday, right? And then uh, Tuesday, the the NCAA memo arrives. And they don't expressly say Texas A&M, but they've been issuing these memos 
in response to what the Aggies are doing. I mean, the Aggies are are basically the template for what teams around the country want to try to do, and it's just how much do you want to challenge the NCAA, and I think the A&M's decided, you know what, we're not scared of the NCAA. They went to the Bill Self school of how to handle the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they – uh you know, anything that's going to have to come from this is probably going to be have to be settled in court, barring any federal legislation that comes in. And the the, the NCAA does not have a winning record as of late with the uh, the court system. That that's uh, they are below 500 there. And so I think the uh, Ross Bjork, powers that be, have said, yeah, let's uh, let's throw our weight around a little bit and and uh, see what happens with this because it is the, it is uncharted territory. And you know, the NCAA can say. You agreed to uh, follow all of the laws and bylaws, but there hasn't really been much definition or or uh, precedent or real in-depth uh, analysis on on how these NIL laws work that the NCAA kind of sheepishly put out. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a stalemate. It's going to lax for a while, and I, I don't think I don't think the NCAA is really going to try to throw their weight around a whole lot in this one, other than. Uh, sending out some some memos and some strongly worded letters. All right, Travis Brown from the Eagle on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What about this IRS? Did that get the attention of the 12th Man Foundation, that maybe there are some uh, things that the IRS sent its own memo out here? Hey, here's our here's the way we, we envision NIL working. Does that give the 12th Man Foundation uh, a little pause, or is as you kind of waded through all that, do you think 12th, 12th Man Foundation can just kind of fight on through it? And uh, I'm just kind of wondering if that got their attention a little bit. Sure, and that's the interesting part about this House bill is that um, the it tried to, to say that uh, nonprofits, that, that uh, collectives can be nonprofits, but that's a state weighing in on federal income tax. And so when the IRS puts out this memo saying this is how we're going to litigate these kinds of issues with, with NIL collectives, they say, yeah, you're not a charity, and we're not going to uh, exempt anymore, and we're probably going to go back and audit some of these. And, and it's going to be – that's how it's going to be. And so the, the 12th Man Foundation was, uh, did not respond to my request for interview. Uh, for this story, I did talk to Ross Bjork, and you have to be noted that the athletic department and the 12th Man Foundation are uh, legally independent entities. So that is why they could start this 12th Man Plus fund for NIL. At least that's what they they believe. Ross Bjork said he believes everything should be able to still be good to go, but uh, unless again, unless there's federal legislation that says that NIL collectives can be nonprofits. I don't see how it can uh, exist or, or operate as once was planned. They have taken in money since February. They haven't made any deals with any athletes, I would assume, because uh, they're still trying to wade through what's legal and what's not legal. And the NCAA weighed in, too, and said these uh, uh, booster club foundation NIL things aren't, uh, aren't good under uh, NCAA law. So. That's going to be another interesting one. A, a, a lawyer at A&M who I talked to, A&M School of Law, um, who's a, a tax lawyer, gave a really interesting uh, a, a frame of reference about this uh, federal legislation that could come down. And I, I actually didn't realize this. About several years ago, uh, you know, these, these the, uh, 
Frosted Flakes and Cheez-Its and uh, Beef O'Brady's get their sponsorships on all these bowl games in, the, in December. Well, these bowl games presented themselves as charity organizations because they give money to yeah. different charities, and these companies were writing off uh, these sponsorships as charitable donations because they were giving it to the charity. Well, the, the, uh, the IRS came in with a memo and said, no, that's not charity. That's advertisement. But then Congress, U.S. Congress, came in later and, and, and made legislation that said, no, that is charity. That's good to go. So they're good to go with those charitable donations for the cheese at bowl. That would be an issue of how this could play out in the future. But as of right now, no dice, it looks like. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's one way to wake up Tommy Tuberville, start kind of messing <laughs> with these bowl games. And he comes yeah. uh, he comes running, but uh, that's really interesting. Who's running the, the that, in a, that plus fund, the uh, 12th man plus – fun is it would that travis dabney the ceo of the 12th man foundation would that fall under his purview or is there a name you've heard that that really seems to be the one the driving force behind this new fund who what's the what's the what's the big name that's floating around down there as the as kind of the lightning rod or the person that's the driving force behind this he has been the only face of this. He's the one that when they announced it and they did a little press conference before an a basketball game in February, he's the one that spoke. Uh, they, they do have on staff a guy, and I don't know his name right in front of me, but who is a, uh, the head of NIL compliance or whatever uh, for now for the 12th Man Foundation. Um, but uh, he's been the only, the only face of this, and uh, I, I think it's, it's just going to be fascinating to see how long it takes them to go ahead and go out there and make a deal um, or if they will with uh, the gray areas that are out there between the IRS, between the uh, NCAA, or if they're going to lobby to try to get some kind of legislation passed. It's going to be interesting. Again, everything will get ratcheted up as soon as they make a deal uh, because then they're, they're fully engaged in in this kind of activity uh, and and we'll be waiting with bated breath to see which, uh, which athlete will first be promoting the 12th Man Foundation? Boy, I tell you, you love talking to a tax lawyer, don't you? Just getting some <laughs> – those guys are so fun, and they just give you such great information and everything. Travis Brown from the Eagle, Matt Mosley's show. Travis, real sad story. The, the great A&M former player that passed away uh, seemingly suddenly – at the age of 55, boy, you talk to a lot of people. This really seems to be someone that was as beloved as anybody that's ever come through there. Miles Garrett, other Aggie luminaries continue to, to, to praise this man. Boy, he just impacted a lot of different people in a lot of different areas at Texas A&M. And I, I think you uh, you already knew that, but, boy, the outpouring that really lets you know this was uh, this was a tremendous guy. Yeah, Terry Price, the defensive ends coach, he was a defensive lineman for the Aggies back in the late 80s, the, the wrecking crew days when they won two uh, Southwest Conference championships, then came back, uh, went off to play a couple years in the NFL, got into coaching, was a grad assistant at A&M under R.C. Slocum for – a year went off uh, basically was was uh, Tommy Tuberville's right hand man went to Ole Miss with him went to Auburn with him and then eventually would reunite with him back again at Texas Tech before Kevin Sumlin brought him back to A&M he's the guy that created or helped create Miles Garrett uh, several uh, NFL draft picks but I think that the and so he was 
his fame on the field was second to none, but really what he was famous for was his barbecuing skills. They had these defensive linemen barbecues. They would tweet, and he would do all these different kinds of food. He was an award-winning grill master. He uh, did stuff for recruiting visits and things. So, uh, you know, one of our one of my colleagues, the paper, did a story about him and his his grill his propensity for grilling. And uh, he he man he he loved doing that. It was a longer battle with illness that we came to found out that his family was keeping private, uh, uh, and and so it wasn't as necessarily sudden to some of those in his close circle but yeah. uh, you know i think it's cool talk to rc slocum and he said uh when when C- uh, coach price was out there coaching he uh, you know unprovoked told rc that you know that terry price is is one of the the the, the best out there uh, that was pat die at, at auburn and so a lot of good stories coming out about uh, coach wow. price wow that's good that is good stuff now speaking of, of barbecuing do you are you pretty good on the grill are you growing into that in terms of do you i mean you're a newlywed do you uh do you do some grilling are you a green egg guy what are you for the fourth of july uh are you more of a burger guy burger and dogs or will you branch out and go maybe chicken maybe even some fish what what do you prefer on the grill on a on a good fourth of july cookout i'm a burger guy i i, I have a I have a hand-me-down grill from the in-laws that uh you know, a couple Fourth of July's ago, we were going to fire up, but then it rained, so we ended up cooking the burgers on the George Foreman, which was always, you know, an exciting adventure. But uh, no, I need to step up my grill game. You know, I'm 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 slowly morphing into that uh, close to what 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 is the tween version of like like middle aged. You know, I'm I'm a middle aged tween, and I need to get mm-hmm. my like uh, dad jokes and my grilling uh, uh, acumen uh, trending upward here pretty soon. Yeah. Just come hang out with me a little bit. You're kind of on the. I mean, are you not a millennial? I'm an elder millennial. I'm I'm okay. thirty, about to be thirty six. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm on that the high end of millennial. Yeah, I cannot believe you're thirty six. I knew you when you were about twenty two. Um, yeah. Keep in mind, by the way, the Schmerger Burger. When you do come into the Metroplex, that's a place that they're serving that at a place called like Craft and Growler. And it's been it's been hailed lately as the greatest burger in Dallas Fort Worth scene. And they smash okay. it together. They smash a couple of patties together, and they do some amazing things. Uh, but it's it's uh, like S C H M U R G E R Schmurger Burger. All right, just keep okay. it in mind. It's uh, it's go. getting a lot of acclaim. And then of I course, think I read something what, about that in D Magazine or something. Yeah, you can't trust that. Uh, uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I I read something the other day. Oh, I went to a roadside. I, I they had they did had done a story on the greatest roadside diners in North Texas, and I found one out near Anna in Westminster, and it was uh, it ended up being a really really cool little place, and the okay. guy was inspired by Adairs in Deep Ellum, and he put this place out in the middle of nowhere in this unincorporated little town of Westminster, Texas. And uh, and out there in the middle is a honky tonk. They have live music and tremendous cheeseburgers. All right, so the, the, these the are original the... Adairs is where my parents met. Oh wow! Well, that's yeah. it's still shout well, out it's Jackie still Jim. there. Yeah, yeah, Wes. Oh yeah. Well, shout out to them for sure. But uh, the place that we used to, as Baylor students, we used to go out to a place called Westphalia. And they had a little general store, almost a little bit like Luchenbach or something. You get a cheeseburger out there. That was that was really. Then you got to Bosqueville. They used to have a, uh, 
a gas station that I could get some uh, catfish. I could get some steaks, that kind of thing, a little gas station out Bosqueville way. So uh, okay. I love talking about that kind of stuff. Okay, Travis, uh, have a great trip. Have a fun for and safe 4th of July, and, and I hope the uh, Rangers deliver one for you as you're decked out in your road, whatever those things are called. What do you call that, the road? <laughs> the Peagle, no, the, the, the City Connect. Yeah. City Connect. Yeah, I've not connected with them, but uh, I'm partial. If I was going to wear one, it would be the Billy Sample, the old uh, Richie Ziz, Toby Hera, the old Powder Blues. The old yeah. Powder Blue Ranger uniforms, to me, that's great. Buddy Bell, all of that era, that's what I was way into as a kid. Travis, have a great one. I appreciate it. Get back to that tax code, okay? All right. See you, Matt. There he goes. Travis Brown. On the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas.